Here we go. Morning. Prue Riches. Prue Riches is our, our title. That's our title today. And we're, quite, we're going to the scripture in 1 Timothy. That's an awesome looking box there. Uh, I remember as a kid, I had a, I had a piggy bank. Well, it really wasn't a piggy bank. But it, was a, it was like a quart jar. Have you ever, have you ever did that? Did you do that when you were young? And we put all our coins and every little bit we saved. Once in a while we get a whole dollar. And we stick it in there, and my brother and I, we'd love, you know, go out there and just feel them. We were just kids, you know. <laughs> and, you know, how, you know, how many remember those days? And you think, oh my goodness, we got a whole dollar. And it felt so good. We, we were rich. We felt rich. And how many know that don't last very long? And it, it doesn't take very long to add up anymore wherever you go these days, right? I mean, I mean to tell you, it's, it's tough. And uh, the Bible talks a lot about money, really. Because I think God knows that we can get caught up in the money thing and get a, our priorities. Money is not wrong. It's the heart of it, the heart, the attitude toward it. That's where we gotta watch our hearts and guard our hearts. So Paul was writing to a young pastor named Timothy, and that's where we're gonna start uh, looking toward the scripture. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Timothy because Timothy was a younger pastor. We don't know exactly how old, but Paul would encourage him to not be afraid to claim the Word of God even though he was a young man. He would have older people in his congregation. And you can imagine being a young person and speaking to people that are much older than you and probably much wiser than you. It made me feel a little intimidation. Well, it's just a thought. But Timothy had a heart that was close to the Lord, and was Paul said something about Timothy really complimented him. He said, I have no one else, he said this in another place, that has a kindred spirit like Timothy. He has a heart after the things of God. And he served me like a, like a child serving his what a high compliment. And so Paul wrote this word to encourage Timothy how to handle uh, the things that are so-called material things, monetary things. Every one of us has to make a living somehow, right? Working hard is not, is not out of the question. God is... God is actually told us in another place, if we don't work, we, we don't eat. And so I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all on board for hard work. But here's what we read. Godliness actually is a, means a great, that verse 6, there you go. Godliness is actually a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. 
We have brought nothing into the world. Think about that. Just We have brought nothing into the world. So we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many a pang. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I'm going to stop there. We'll pick it up. Paul is addressing Timothy, reminding him of the importance of keeping his heart for the things that are true riches. We read something about them in verse 11. We also mentioned the word contentment in verse 6. Money cannot buy contentment. Hello? Money cannot buy peace. We know this. So what is our goal? What should our attitude be toward the things that we want? Difference, right, between needing something and wanting something. Difference, getting, keeping our priority, number one, appreciating the basics. All y'all, how many of y'all like to eat? I like, I like to eat. I'm not hearing anything. Come on. Yeah, something. Pizza. More pizza. God is good to us. We have something to eat. We have something to wear. We have been given to us. He's been, he has been good to us. He has given to us that which we have need. Now, if that's all there, there was, could we be content? Well, knowing what we know now and all the stuff that's in the world, I think we struggle a little bit. But here's our goal. Even if I don't have all the stuff that I think I want, I know I have what I need. And that's really enough. Everything else that comes along is a bonus. It's over the top. It's extra. It's a blessing, a beyond blessing, to have more than enough, appreciating 
I think what God is saying to us is to go get caught up in all the stuff that's in the world, but keep your mind focused on who is really important and what is really important, the true riches. That being said, Paul in another place in the book of Philippians, Philippi, said something like this, I learned, Philippians 4, 11, 12, not that I speak from want, for I have learned. I, I, I like how he says, I have learned. Contentment is something we learn. Hello? Contentment is something that we, we have to work at. But we, we discipline ourselves. It wasn't always easy for Paul. Keep those verses up. It wasn't always easy because he was a person who stepped out to do the things of God and sure enough, the enemy was right there to strike at him. He knew what it was like to go hungry. But there's another side of this contentment. I know how to get along with humble means. And I also know how to live in prosperity. So in other words, if God blesses you beyond what you deserve, not get sidetracked. Keeping your focus, you know where, you know where, he, where it's come from. You know it's the hand of God. And that's the true riches. God is your provider. And whatever he gives you to do, he's given you a mind to work. He's given you favor in a business. He can do so much more than we can imagine. Philippians says, I know how to get along with humble means. Now, my mom and dad, my sister's not here today, but my brother is, and he may remember when mom and dad talked about how they started out, literally in a chicken coop. Is that right, Larry? They started out, they were married, and they worked for a farmer. And said, you guys can live in this chicken coop, fix it up, whatever. North of Aiken, my hometown. And then I think talked about when the flood came back in the, probably the, around the 40s, 40-ish, something like that. He went to Aiken in a motorboat on the north side of Aiken. The water was over the river. And so those were the days. Humble me. But I can brag about my dad because he was, he was content with the littlest of littlest stuff. Besides his farming career, I was a boy, he would say, someday I'm going to build birdhouses when I retire. That was his dream. Sure enough, I was starting to I was starting to get you know toward college age, and Dad was starting to get close to retirement age, and sure enough, the basement started filling up with materials, scraps of wood, and he started his dream, and he he carried that on into his nineties. Good chant. With the littlest of the littlest things. 
He'd be happy if he found a piece of wood that he said, I can make some kind. See, what, what I'm really getting at, what I think the Lord is getting at, you don't have to have everything to be happy. You only need a few things. And I promise them to you. And really what you really need is me. You know what our biggest need often is? Is to know that we need God. Getting over ourselves, getting past the worry thing, getting past the wonder. Carrie's been reading a, a devotional called From Worrier to Warrior. Wow! Go from worrying to become a person of faith. Just Simple, childlike faith, trusting. I happen to be convinced that we can actually be sometimes even happier with less. I, I don't know if I'm off the wall. That, that maybe sounds really... How can you be happy with less? Less stress. How many are figuring out sometimes... We need to throw things so we can just lighten up the flow. Make life simple. Their priority of having basics, knowing that God is with you. Paul, back to that Philippians 4, 11, 12. Let me read a little more of that. He knew how to live in humble means prosperity. We never knew from one year to the next if the prices in the market were going to drop, you know, if you've had farming background, you never knew if milk prices were going to go up or down. You never knew if the crops were going to fail or be good. But you knew how to be content. Why? Because you knew you could trust God. And so we read on, in every circumstance I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry. The secret. Paul learned the secret. You know what it was like to have suffered shipwreck? You know what it was like to be abandoned? To be left? Like, even in the ministry, some of his brothers and the Lord abandoned him. He felt alone, but he said, yet I have God. And so the secret to any kind of living with keeping the faith has to do with the inner man. That's who we are, right? inside of us. And so the secret to being content is having peace with God. And here's the good thing. People may misunderstand you. People in this life will hurt you at times, but God knows your heart, and God knows when you're real with him, and God understands when you say, I'm, I messed up, I'm sorry, I want to make it right, and he will help. That's a rich, that's living life, rich, full, beyond measure, the inner man that has peace. Well, you can lay your head on the pillow at night and just not have any, anything against anyone. You're free. You're freed up to love, to give, to work, 
to walk every day is a gift from God. And so true riches has to do with doing it God's way or if I try to do it my way, I could end up with a lot of stuff, but I could end up being a, a desperate person. Right? Somebody here chuckling. How many got plenty of stuff? Right? Okay. We all know to a degree the stuff doesn't make us happy. Only just a, for a while, right? Stuff. It's so fun to get something new. How many of you ladies like to shop for new shoes? How many of you men like to shop for something, fishing rod or something, a tool? Hey! Hey! We all have stuff that we like. That would make life easier. That would really go for. And then you remember, like if you're like me, I get so much stuff I can't remember where I put it. And so then I got a scrounge of one, I go look by the thing I give up, I go buy some buy another one. And by the time I bought another one, oh there it is. It really happened to me. I had a gun, you know, one of those talking guns. I had it in one of my trucks. And I forgot about it. And then I said, uh, I gotta buy this tube of stuff. Uh, I'm gonna need a gun, but I don't remember. I just just buy it. Sure enough, I found the other one. So, what what is it about us? Just stop. I love it when you know. I I, I shouldn't say I love it. I'm always at, amazed at some of the guys that can organize their garage. Like everything's. Everything, the ranches, they're all mapped out. It's a wall. How many guys are like that? Good. I don't see any hands up. I feel more comfortable. That's not my gift. In fact, I have too many trucks. I have too much stuff. And I need to get rid. So I asked Austin, to give me an illustration, a picture of some sort, that picture of that truck. Yes. Isn't that a beauty? At one time, how many know, who, who can tell me what that is? Is that, a, is that a Chevy? Good job. I didn't know. I'll bet you it didn't look like that when it came off the the. the, the Whatever the place that made it, that's a beauty, though. One man may look at that, what a piece of junk, right? Somebody else will say that, I can make some. <laughs> Tell me where that baby is, I'm going, you know, I'm taking it, you know, this, this is our world. But what, a, keep it up for a moment. What do you see in this picture? You see some use, maybe some abuse. And you see some abandoned. Well, what's taking place in this picture is a bunch of rust. Now, have you noticed in our community rust is in? Have you seen roofs that they deliberately pour chemical on it to make it rust? What's up with that? You go into fancy restaurants, perhaps, and you see this rusty tin. 
What in the world? Old is in? Well, for some people, maybe. It's just stuff. Here's what Jesus said. I mean, you can keep it up for a moment. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Wear moth and rust. Destroy. Where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth or rust where thieves do not break in or steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart. Here's, here's the whole clincher. Where your, which is what Jesus, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, we got to get our priority right. It's okay to have stuff, but stuff can't have us. That makes sense? In other words, we realize this stuff is just stuff, and we're going to use it for a while, and then we don't need it. We don't need it. We're not going to take it with us. We come into this world with nothing. And so having that in mind, maybe we need sometimes to prioritize. Maybe get rid. That's between you and God. Most important. Are we pursuing the things in this life that are important to God? Now, I've had pastor friends. They've been faithful to the Lord. I've had Christian brothers and sisters who have been faithful to the Lord. And it's fun to ask them this question. Do you have any hobbies? Oh, sure. Because you know, as they say, all work, no play makes who? Jack, a dull boy, or something like that. Balance, balance, balance. To work hard, yes. But to say, you know what? We're going to take some time to pursue the things of God. We're going to make God a priority. We're going to realize that this stuff, these things in this life are not really the most important thing. Though often we see our society, that's, that's the big push. Bigger, better, bigger, better, higher. Next level, on and on. But what is God saying to you and I individually? Are you seeking me first? And this is a great verse. This is a great example. Vernon and I discussed this Sometime, maybe it was last Sunday. Psalm, no. Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord. Is that right? Don't quote me on the Psalms. It's, it's in the Psalms. It talks about delighting yourself in the Lord. And He will give you what? The desires of your heart. Oh, this is great. This is great. Lord, I sure could use that nice red truck. That'd be just great. Dang. But I'm delighting myself in the Lord. 
Maybe the Lord says, not yet, not time. Keep your priorities. Keep aligned. Keep in line with me. Keep in right relationship. Your greatest treasure, and I want you not to miss this going out of this place today, your greatest treasure is God in you. God is in you, living in you. Your greatest treasure in this life is the gift that he gives you, that he comes to dwell in you. Faith in Christ makes you complete. Jesus is the only one that can make us complete. Stuff is just stuff. And so we, it's okay to have stuff and not let stuff have us. And so it leads me to my third point. You know what? The Bible talks a little further down in the text. Paul writing to Timothy goes on to talk about those who are rich, verse 17. In other words, people are rich in this world, monetarily. You can be rich. But that doesn't make us happy, necessarily. And look at this verse. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. So already we're getting the picture, but on God. In other words, riches, stuff, ups and downs, not certain. Is really, we're not sure. But we can be sure on God. But God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. So our next point is being generous, generosity. What is it that pleases God? Verse 18, we read it from our text. Instruct them to do good to be rich in good works, to be generous, ready to share. God blesses us so we can bless us. That's, I think, putting it into perspective. What God gives to us, helps us with, we ought to turn it around and give it back, to a degree at least. And when we do that, we become like a the cycle of water. We rain comes down, evaporates, comes up, goes back to God, comes back down, and it's fresh. How many love the smell of fresh rain? You know, I grew up in a farm, and there, there were there were those little ponds, stagnant. And you know, water that sits, especially in a farmyard, begins to take on a significant odor. And water that's running has fresh. Let me just say this if we just take on and keep taking in, what do, what do we become? We become selfish. We've got to guard. We can become 
stagnant, comfortable. And God is saying, don't forget about those who are poor and poor indeed. What he leads up is people that are in the church, people that are in your community that have not had a good start, or maybe they had a good start, they have not had it easy for whatever reason. It may be health issues, it may be, it may be setbacks, well, maybe fire, it, it can be anything, it can be a death, it can be something that brings a person down. And the church, as Paul is saying, reach out to those who are in need around you, instruct them who are rich, verse 18, to do good, to be rich in good life. No happier people than people that have learned the joy of giving. Amen. I, I remember when we were having, the, having volunteers, we had, we had people coming across from other states that are, when the church was being built here, I mean, God was putting together teams and there was this ministry called MAPS, Mission America Placement Services. So people would come and set their little, bring in their little RVs here, and they were the kindest, warmest, happy people, volunteering their time. Have you ever been or observed people who enjoy their job because they like people? Is a difference. The people that look at their job as a way of an opportunity to encourage someone else. It's more than just the paycheck, it's more than just monetary things, but it's about having the satisfaction knowing that you made yourself available to God and saying, Lord, give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Give me a heart of compassion that reaches past my own stuff. Happiest people on earth. The people that have learned to serve. The joy of serving. They just show up and say, what can I do to help? Young men here today that are working, keep that attitude and you will always have a job. What can I do to help? I had a man, a young man, he was 30-ish, back in Palisade days, way back. This is ancient history. He'd always say this, what do you need? Ah, didn't have to ask him to keep busy, he just kept us. What do you need? Serve me. Yet I know that he had struggles in his life. I knew that he struggled with depression. I knew that he had anxiety stuff going on. He would turn loose. He always gave it 100%. He was always all in. There's something about understanding. There's a time... But what really matters the most is that when it occurs, someone else 
I mean, I've had people, I've, I've been, I've had people not pay on jobs. Not very many. You know, I come to do it, what I, I, I may send them a bill and I realize, you know what? It doesn't even matter. It wasn't that much. But it was. It would have been helpful if hit it. But here's what I said, my I had to change my attitude. Most people are not that way. And so my, my thinking is this. God would rather have us depending on him than depending on his people. God would rather have you depending on him. God would rather have you looking to him as your source rather than anything else. And I leave you with this verse. It's always encouraged me. You've heard of this verse, I'm sure. And Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. He spoke to them about this treasure. And since we are talking about true treasure today or true riches, what is it that's true? God himself. God the Holy Spirit. We have this treasure in earthen vessel. What's the earthen vessel? That's you and I. That the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God, not of, of ourselves. And so when you show up to do the job, you're not doing it in your own strength. You know that you're, you're limited. But God is in you. You're the vessel. He is the treasure inside. We don't even have to worry. Because God is going to do a work through us. Thank you for serving in so many ways, people here. Thank you. You folks are good people. Hardworking, honest, love the Lord. I am blessed. Be encouraged. We're not called to be perfect. We're called to Him. The perfect one who comes down into our imperfections and it begins to speak to our hearts.